Back here on the CBSSports.com Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It is Tuesday, March 20th. Welcome, everybody, to the show. This week, we're going to be talking about some of the top prospects, some of the position battles. Today, just some news from around baseball. And the new guy is here. All right. We got Nando DeFino, new senior fantasy writer. Four-man show today. Alan Scott are here. I'm Adam Azer. We're going to give out all the Twitter information, the email information. But first, Nando, welcome. Your first podcast, your second day on the job. Great to have you here. Thanks, man. Thrown right into the fire, baby. Yes. I'm, I've already got 11 tweets out, too. Oh, so, yeah? Yeah it's, yeah. it's a good feeling. Well, you're the ne- you're the new guy to follow. Follow him at NandoCBS. That's N-A-N-D-O-C-B-S. You can follow us at, at CBS Scott White, at Al Melk, CBS, Al M-E-L-C, at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R, and at CBS Fantasy BB. We'll take your emails later, fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com. So, Nando, what is your nerd claim to fame? Fantasy baseball, slightly nerdy thing. Slightly. Where's, where's slightly your, yeah, yeah, just slightly. What's your nerd claim to fame? Uh, I, was in the, uh, I was in the book Fantasy Land by Sam Walker, right. uh, covering the 2004 <laughs> season in, uh, in the world of baseball. And Al's going to lend that to me, right? I will. I've got a copy on my desk. That's my nerd claim to fame. Oh, good. <laughs> nerd claim to shame is that I haven't read fantasy land oh. so oh geez that's, well, that's gonna, gonna have to that's be, change that's gotta be priority number one now seven years ago i could have gotten your free copy <laughs> <laughs> you have to go on amazon i'm sorry all right everybody so uh today we'll go around baseball we'll look at some of the major news joaquin soria he might need tommy john surgery now we do have to kind of haze nando right i mean well, first yeah. we get so i was thinking we could pull a cj wilson and give out his phone, his cell phone number on Twitter. Like, what <laughs> no, we're right here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we can do it on the podcast. I don't have his number, so I'd have to get it later. But what do you, what do you think about that, Al? C.J. Wilson giving out Mike Napoli's phone number on Twitter, and Napoli was like, "Yeah, dude, that's not funny." Well, we were just talking about this five minutes ago. I said, "In in one fell swoop, my opinion of C.J. Wilson got changed completely, 180 degrees." To from from, what, to from what? I thought he was a cool guy. You know, he was there for Josh Hamilton last season, just seemed like a really good guy. Now I think he's just a complete jerk. Really? Yeah. For that one incident? Yeah. It could, it, that he he <laughs> won't even an... just own up to it and say, oh, yeah, you know, maybe it was bad judgment. It's a joke, man. Yeah. Was... He's got to change his phone number. Think of all the for, the all everything that has your information that includes your phone number. He's got to find all that stuff online, change the phone number and all of them, let all his <laughs> actual contacts know. And, and I think the funniest part about this is that Napoli said, Wilson doesn't even know me that well. What's he oh, doing really? doing this? Yeah, uh, that, that is a well, little messed up. And, and that that's did awkward. strike me funny because he was his catcher for at least part of the year, I would think, yeah, last year. So yeah, great On a personal there. level, I guess. Yeah. They don't know each other well. Off the mound, okay. Fellas, you don't know what precipitated this, though. You know, maybe Napoli took the first shot at him. And this is just some kind of response. All right, fine. You know, I'm going to play this. Maybe well, it was a actually, slow build of. I, I think I read that Napoli know. said he looked forward to hitting a home run yes. off CJ oh, Wilson. He, well, there you go. <laughs> he, he denies he said it, but then Still. after he gave out the phone, after Wilson gave out the phone number, he said, "Well, okay, now I'm going to hit bombs off you." <laughs> well, Nando's all for it. I, I think that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, I'm just never going to text you, so you have my phone yeah, number. No, yeah, no problem. Uh, okay, so Joaquin Soria, he's first up today. We'll talk about Carlos Quinton, Chase Utley, um, Andy Pettit. What was that all about? But does Soria need Tommy John surgery? Right now he's going in around round 12, round 13. What's the latest on him, Scott? Well, they know he has damage in his ulnar collateral ligament, and, and that's the one. I mean, I... Knowing he has damage there, regardless of what extent it is, I don't know. I think it might be kind of hard to avoid at this point. And certainly until the, the 
official word comes out, I'm I'm steering clear of Soria if I'm drafting between now and then. Um, and, and and then, you know, the other aspect of that is who takes over at closer for the Royals. And, and it seems like they have several options there. Aaron Crow's going to be back in the mix. Obviously, they signed Jonathan Broxton. So the, the whole situation seems to be kind of a mess. Nana, yeah. who are you looking at there to emerge if, I, it, if it's not Soria? I, uh, I actually think that, that Crow can pull. Remember Papelbon about five years ago? They tried to stretch him out as a starter. And then, you know, just see, one day, you know, I, I want to be the closer again. I had dreams about it and stuff. And <laughs> I, I'm putting my money... Initially, I, I thought Broxton would be the guy, but he's he's still coming back from some injuries himself. So, I think Crow's the young, healthy stud arm that you just throw in his closer and see what happens. And I think it could be Greg Holland because he's the one who's being mentioned along with Broxton uh, as a possibility. Uh, you know, I think maybe later on they could they could turn to Crow uh, later on in the year, but I feel like Holland's already been sort of um, primed for that role. And, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Nando, you know, Broxton's got his own health issues. And uh, when the Royals signed him, I recall, again, maybe it's just a bad memory, but I recall them saying that they really didn't want to use him as a closer. So, to me, sort of by process of elimination, I like Holland. Do you like him as a sleeper? Do you like him? I mean, I, I know we need more information right now, right? Right. Uh, obviously, we just threw three names out there. And, <laughs> the and least take... helpful discussion ever. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it's kind of looking like the Athletics closer situation has most of this preseason where, okay, you know there's several guys out there. You just got to shoot for one with your last pick or two and hope he ends up being the guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll uh, obviously keep you posted, and you can check fantasynews.cbssports.com for more on the Royals closers. Carlos Quentin, Al, he's out four to six weeks after knee surgery. So he was going pretty late anyway. He's a Padre now. He's not on the White Sox. But when he's healthy, he can hit home runs, 24 home runs in 118 games. What do you think about Carlos Quentin? Yeah, well, this is probably the thing that does push him out of relevance for standard mixed leagues uh, at this point. I think he's still a good option for deeper mixed leagues. I mean, you're looking at probably about a month that he's going to miss. And, you know, on the bright side for him, I think if there is anybody who could make that move from, you know, one of the great hitters ballparks in Chicago, uh, I want to say Comiskey, but it's U.S. Cellular, to Petco Park, you know, Quentin may just be the guy who's not going to take that much of a hit in his power numbers. So, the, to me, the bigger concern here is actually the time missed due to the injury uh, and maybe a slow start when he comes back. Would you rather have Quentin or a guy who's going to AAA or actually double AAA, uh, Bryce Harper? I think Tri- it's AAA. AAA. He's going to Syracuse. Yeah, he's going to send him AAA. AAA yeah, yeah. Even though he didn't do very well in AA um, last year. But would you rather have Quentin or. Bryce Harper, Al. I actually, and obviously we're talking single season leagues here, I actually would rather have Quentin because Harper could miss more than a month being down in the minors anyway. And I still just have questions about how quickly he's going to adapt to the major league game. So I, I'd go with the, chose, with the proven guy in Quentin. Yeah, I'm actually going to – I like Al's answer there. And I think it's, it's even further that is if you look at Washington's pitching staff right now, it's really, really solid. I mean, they're going to have a good team. I don't think people realize how good with their, with their top four pitchers are all very good pitchers. And that's going to be a team that could probably compete. And that might be a team where you don't need to call up a Bryce Harper to give him that tryout and hold him down in the minors and let him, you know, kid's 19, let him grow right. a little bit, let him learn how to play baseball at this high of a level, and then call him up, you know, maybe next year even. You know, yeah. prob- probably in September if they're out of contention. But this is a team that if they're going to compete this year, why, you know, why bring up Harper just to see what he can do and give him a little tryout in the majors? Sure, absolutely. And another team with good pitching in that division, the Philadelphia Phillies. Let's talk about their hitting, though. Chase Utley. Okay, cartilage issues in both knees. He's struggling to, to get healthy, Scott. Uh, he's going around round eight in both formats, Roto and head-to-head, round eight, round nine, maybe round seven, whatever, but in that general area. Are you avoiding him 
like you'd be avoiding Soria right now. It's probably not that bad, but it's not good. It's not good at all. I think the key you point to is both knees. Last year, um, I think it was his right knee, and this year it's his left knee. So, you know, it, you can't even just write it off as a continuation of that. This is a chronic issue that's going to be um, – that's going to set him back this year. And, and, you know, considering who he was last year with the numbers down across the board – this is just more reason for me to believe that's the Chase Utley we're going to see going forward. And then you add the time missed on top of that. You're, you're talking about a marginal guy, um, you know, maybe even below the Neil Walker range of second baseman. Uh, certainly not somebody worth drafting in the seventh, eighth, or ninth round anymore. So, what, 12th round? He's probably going to start I, the, the season on the DL, right? I mean, that seems yeah. pretty certain. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty much a foregone conclusion. <laughs> yeah, he's, so he's and, not a very good option. No, and, you know, pinpointing a round is, is difficult to do. I want to draft him as my starting second baseman, and, you know, I'd, I'd have to have a lot of bench spots or uh, or just feel really insecure about my starting second baseman, I think, to go for Utley, you know, before the 15th round. First, I, I think he'll go before then, but I'm, I'm not going to be the one taking him. So, Al, do you remember my reaction when you told me that the Yankees signed Andy Pettit? <laughs> yeah, it was, like, it was, was like, total disbelief, which, yeah. was, which was mine 15 minutes before I told I you. I thought you were joking. It was, just came out of left field, <laughs> or it came out of the bullpen. Um, what do you think this does to the Yankees' rotation now? Well, I mean, uh, initially it doesn't do anything because Pettit won't be ready to start the season. But down the line, I think it probably just a, a hunch here, but it changes a role for probably Phil Hughes, maybe Yvonne Nova. And, I, you know, because this came so quickly on the news that Joe Girardi said that it's a possibility that Michael Pineda might start in the minors. Yeah. I think the initial speculation went in that direction. That just doesn't seem realistic to me uh, you know and if they did it i couldn't see that situation lasting long i think it means hughes's uh long term going to the bullpen or maybe nova's going to go back to the minors so that and again just complete hunches uh on that but nano on draft day are you drafting nova or hughes or are you too afraid now with the pettit news no yeah i personally i like to stay away from those the messes that you know that that, that this has caused so i think you know kind of going off what scott said I think I would take, you know, in a very, very deep league, I consider Phil Hughes 20th round, 21st round, but I think someone else would take him before that. So he's not my problem. Just because I'm setting that for myself, mm-hmm. I've kind of cl- cleansed my hands of Phil Hughes and Ivan Nova this year. Well, yeah. you, Scott, like Phil Hughes. So now I, I did you like did Phil Hughes. Like, yeah. <laughs> past tense. Now that, uh, yeah, now that Pettit's in the mix, um, yeah, I'm probably not drafting Hughes, even though it seems like. I think there's there's a lot of things we can assume here with Pettit signing. One, he's going to be good enough to be in the rotation long term. I'm not sure that's I'm not sure we can be sure about that, considering he's 40, um, considering he hasn't pitched in two years. It's kind of a stab in the dark, I feel like, for the Yankees. And uh, so it's still possible Hughes could end up getting the majority of the starts out of that fifth spot. Um, just to focus on Pettit more, uh, another thing I think fantasy owners need to consider is is that the Pettit we know was successful during a heavy heavy hitting era. Obviously, we're more pitching heavy now. Um, the near four ERA, the one point three WHIP, 
that do, that's not very valuable anymore. So even if Pettit does get back to being the old guy he is, to me he doesn't strike me as more than just uh, on and off the waiver wire mixed league. Really? Type. Yeah. Al, you agree? Absolutely agree with that, yeah. Nando? Yeah, he was never big with strikeouts before. I mean, he's like a Jamie Moyer kind of guy, if anything, now. Yeah. He's, he's a crafty guy who's just going to, like Scott said, get the four and the 1.3. And, I mean, there's, there's not even a guarantee Pettit's going to make the Yankees. Right, he might yeah. just decide in a few weeks, oh, sorry, sorry, guys. I guess, I guess <laughs> it's I don't a have minor it league contract yeah. to sign. So, so there's, no, there's really no point in, in taking a late-round flyer on him unless it's a deep league. I was, had an AL-only auction last night. He went for... It was less than ten, you know. I would hope thing. it's less than ten. Yeah, I do like three or four. But it wasn't. He wasn't a one, <laughs> one or two dollar guy either, though. I want to say maybe it was yeah, four. I'm, I'm surprised. Even in even in an AL only league, I would be hesitant to spend as much as five dollars or, or maybe was more it than a Yankee fan who could have been because <laughs> well, Yankees fans probably let, have a higher a higher opinion of him. Let's do a comparison <laughs> here. I mean, Brian Mattis or, or Andy Pettit. I think after the spring Mattis has been having, definitely Mattis. You know, what other Oriole we could throw in there? Jake Arrieta versus Andy Pettit. Well, Jake Arrieta showed me enough last year. I feel like he's guaranteed a rotation spot. I go Arietta over Pettit. So well, Chris Tillman? Chris Tillman's been like a big question mark for me this entire spring. I mean, he's, he's yeah. a great prospect. He's shown all this great stuff in the minor leagues, minor league no-hitter. And now, you know, you just don't know, is he going to be any good? Is he even going to, you know, make the Orioles out of camp? But I think you'd take Tillman against Pettit, and that's, that's maybe two big question marks you can weigh. Both guys, I yeah. don't want really, but I'm just saying if you're, if you're. Scraping. I think if if I was, you know, if I was bent on upside, certainly I'd go after Tillman. If in an AL only league, I was looking. I, I think Pettit's a little safer than Tillman because he should at least be competent when he's out there. I, I'd probably lean more toward Pettit. Okay, hey, let's have a uh, Ryan Braun discussion. Danny Nobler wrote a blog entry on our website the other day. And Ron Renneke, the manager, said he had a tough winter. It's going to be a hard season to go through. He said that about Ryan Braun, not about Danny Nobler. Um, <laughs> Nobler's going to have a great year. Um, Braun you know, and hasn't gotten off to a great spring start. And Nando, since you're new here, let's get your thoughts on Ryan Braun. Are you a Kemp Braun guy or a Braun Kemp guy in the first round? And, and do you think that he might struggle? I mean, he's going to get booed. It's going to be a tough year. It doesn't have fielder anymore. What do you think? Yeah, I think the fielder thing is really the factor that, that I'm looking at more than anything. I mean, the mental problems, you don't, we don't know Braun's you know, state. You know, we don't know if he's sensitive to these boos and all the stuff people are writing about him and the, the huge negative backlash to you know, someone who was technically exonerated of all wrongdoing. I mean, it's, it's, it could be something that affects him. It could be something that doesn't at all. I think the fielder thing is really what's going to affect him more than anything is you're taking a 40-home run bat out of that lineup Braun's not going to have that kind of protection anymore. And they didn't really do, you know, the greatest job of replacing Fielder, obviously. It's it's an all-star you've got to replace. So uh, I think I'm more of a Kemp Braun guy, and and, and pretty solidly, mostly because of Fielder not being there. It has nothing to do with the the rough off-season that he's had, unless you count that as part of the rough off-season. Sure, why not? (laughs) Is he still the second outfielder for you? Or would you go with an Ellsbury or somebody else ahead? You know, um, I think I'm, I'm not really. I don't know where the Ellsbury power came from, so I'm not fully right. on board on, on that whole Ellsbury thing yet. Um, I think I think you still make an argument he's number two. Okay. Yeah. Have you guys changed your opinions at all on Ryan Braun? No, not no. at all. Um, and whether I'm a Braun or a Kemp guy depends on the format for me. So I still like yeah. Kemp better in in Roto. I mean, I might lean more toward Kemp because I I do fear the absence of Prince Fielder. He. Braun in his career is about a 200 hitter when he hasn't been hitting in front of fielder. So, you know, that's a little scary. Small sample, but a little scary. Um, I, I think one thing I, I hope 
we all can agree on because you see it out there on message boards and everything else. You know, people wondering, oh, well, he's not on PEDs anymore. Is he going to fall off statistically because of that? Okay, I mean, for one thing, it was a recent development. He had all these drug tests in his previous career and was always a stud. So I, I really don't think there's any concern about that, assuming he was actually on them, which, you know, obviously we don't even know that. I don't think there's any concern on that level at all. Now, I, I put this verbatim from on, on my notes here from what Scott emailed me because I was just asking for some talking points today, and Scott put, Joan Nathan sucking. Which is like the angriest I've ever heard Scott. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but his spring ERA is 18. What do we do here with Joe Nathan? Well, closer's not looking good right now. Soria well, and Joe Nathan. I feel like this puts me on the hot seat because I've been the guy sticking up for Nathan. Sure. Spring, well, then you're so. on the hot seat. It, I, I cannot lie. It worries me a little bit. And I know I'm the one who preaches don't think about the spring, don't think about those small sample sizes, pitchers try stuff out, pitchers need time to, to get into shape, all that kind of stuff. But I am a little concerned, and uh, I've taken, Nathan, some drafts and auctions up to this point. I've got a couple more to go. I'm probably going to be a little less optimistic about Nathan, particularly about viewing him as the fallback guy that everybody else, else thinks is going to suck. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to take the chance on him. Not to say I wouldn't, but I'm probably going to spend a little less or draft a little later to get him. Obviously, I've been talking about him as a bust, so <laughs> this concerns me. I, It's worth pointing out that I read yesterday that he's been working on a slide step this spring to help him hold runners you know, probably because he figures he's going to allow more base runners now than ever before. Uh, so, you know, this might be a product of that. It is spring training. But still, the fact that even when he was back on track last year, he had an ERA over three. Uh, he's going to be playing in Texas. They have so many fallback options there. Everything I've said all along with Nathan, this is just another reason for me to say, I, I think I can do better as my number two closer. Nathan or Walden? Oh, you know what? This Walden thing, I, want to talk, can we, I yeah. don't want to take us off the rails here. <laughs> no, but no, no. Yesterday when you and Jamie were doing your draft and you right. were deciding between you had Walden, you had League, mm -hmm. uh, there were a couple other guys. It was pretty, pretty much came down to those two. Nathan was on the board, but um, Walden and League. Now, 20-team League. Yeah. So deep League, but yeah, go on. And you were worried that League was going to get traded, and that's why I didn't want it because you wouldn't get a replacement. In a 12-team League, you know, it would be one thing you'd probably go to the waiver wire and get the replacement. But in a 20-team League, I wanted a guy who I felt had the most job security. So I, we took Walden. Right. It was four hours into my job here. Yeah. <laughs> Scott's sitting right behind you. He just kind of ducked down and didn't want anything to do with it. You called me over and had me inspect this team. I think Scott the recommended running Walden. Down. I, 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 put the, I planted the Walden seed yeah. originally. Um, yeah. it, <laughs> I just I want to clarify with that. I would have rather had League. But, but okay. <laughs> in this situation where you're putting these two against each other, um, I think I'd go Walden. Over Nathan. I don't, you know, I fall more in Al's camp with Nathan, though. But in this situation with Walden against Nathan, just because that little hint of, you know, maybe something's wrong with Nathan, which I don't think. I think, I mean, these guys just screw around in spring training, pick up new things. And, yeah. and yeah. Mike Maddox, one of the best pitching coaches, and, and Nolan Ryan is a part owner of the team. I'm never going to be worried about Texas pitching, you know, bringing someone who's already had skill, redeveloping that skill. Um, just a little bit of doubt that maybe there might be an injury there or something that he's overcompensating with. That's okay. why I just like Walden a little better. Because there are no options behind Walden, really. I mean, there's, right. there's really, yeah. who are you going to put in there? With Nathan, you could say, oh, you know, we got, we got Gondo, we got Adams, we got a couple other guys. Well, that's the argument I made for Walden yesterday. <laughs> but Lee, <laughs> what's wrong when with Lee? He was Lee, slumping though? in his chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was whispering. Yeah, what, so what is wrong League, with Lee? I, I like Lee. Oh, I, 
I draft League as my second closer. I drafted him as the one closer in an auction where I didn't want to spend more than $3 on a closer. But because it's such a deep league and you can't trust that you're going to get the backup option for him, they got a guy in Seattle, Tom Wilhelmson, who, you know, if if they're out of the race, it, it seems logical they would trade a veteran light league and plug Wilhelmson in there. So um, that that little bit of doubt is is enough when I can't count on getting the backup before anyone else that I would go with Walden, who, you know, as you said, doesn't really have any. And the Angels don't have any alternatives. Yeah, there's the other Francisco Rodriguez who is getting blown up in spring training. There. Yeah. Uh, let's go through the rest of the notes somewhat quickly here, and then we'll get to the emails. Fantasy Baseball at CBSInteractive.com. Giancarlo Stanton. Now, the notes originally said Mike Stanton. I changed it because I'm going to obey his wishes. Giancarlo Stanton, will he be ready for the opener, Al? He hasn't played since March 11th when he was hit by a pitch on the wrist. We don't know, um, but the fact that this is still a question, you know, again, this is just a— um, It's his knee, too. It's his knee. I'm well, sorry. Right, right. But um, So, yeah, the wrist is fine. So, oh, the wrist is fine. So that is okay. good news, but he's got this inflammation in his left knee that's just not going away. And the fact that there's some concern at this point and time is ticking, if I had to guess, I would think probably he is going to miss opening day. But is that going to affect you on draft day? Not at all, because I think it's going to be like last year where he had some injury issues early, and uh, he still wound up playing, I think, 150 games. So uh, I, you know, it doesn't affect his draft value at all. It's just in week one maybe he's going to miss a little bit of time. Scott, the A's sent starting pitcher Jared Parker down to AAA. He walked seven against the Diamondbacks. Maybe he still had loyalty to them. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Said he was nervous. Oh, well, that, that makes sense. Anyway, uh, he, he's down in AAA. What, what do you make of the A's rotation right now? Well, I was surprised to learn just before we went on the podcast how much of a front runner Tyson Ross is uh, right now in that rotation uh, ahead of Parker, obviously, had a Brad Peacock also. So those guys are both pretty much out of the mix in mixed leagues for me now. Um, and then you got Dallas Braden, who's probably going to return by May. Uh, I- I'm not sure there's going to be any room for Peacock until the inevitable Bartolo Colon injury or, or whatever else opens a spot midseason. They talk about, okay, once April, mid-April gets here, we're going to need to mix in a fifth starter and then it would either be Parker or Peacock, I'd assume. But again, it would just be a short-term thing until Braden came back. Do you like Tyson Ross? I'm not drafting him in mixed leagues. I think there's some upside there. Uh, but I'd, I'd probably put him in the, the Jake Arrieta category of starting pitchers. Pettit or Ross? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'll, I guess I have to go Ross slightly. Nando? Yeah, I think I'm going to – I'm just – this whole Pettit thing came out of nowhere and it's so weird. And, like, yeah. sure, I'll take a year off. I'll just come back and pitch for the Yankees. No big deal. Sure, why not? That's why I got I to gotta go with Ross, especially if he's, if he's going to be the front runner. He has a role at least, you know. And Al? Yeah, no, I like Ross a lot. I have been picking him up in, in AL-only leagues. Um, I think he's one of the young pitchers who's just the deepest under the radar – um, you know, and it's just, it's just hey, never really clearly. Been his. I didn't know he was <laughs> that much in the mix. And he's, he's a good pitcher. So it's just a question of opportunity for him. And I'm still a little nervous about Ross because they do have that minor league depth where, you know, if he gets hurt or if he struggles, um, you know, he might not make it back, but yeah, no, I do like Ross better than Pettit. Nando Ubaldo Jimenez still throwing in the high eighties to the low nineties. He struggled last year moving to the AL uh, he's going right now in the eighth round in head-to-head leagues, the the eleventh round in roto leagues. How does that sound to you? Too high? Too low? Right, just right? 
Yeah, I think about just right. I, if I'm thinking about Evaldo Jimenez, I'm, I'm, I mean, obviously depending on the draft, but I think eighth or eleventh is eleventh might be a little low. I might, I might consider going tenth if I'm if I'm going hitter heavy and you know, if it's one of those weird things where you get, I have seven bats already, no pitchers right. yet. Um, his potential is, is through the roof, and no one really. I mean, there's not an injury. There, there's nothing we can really explain yeah. about why he's not been doing well. Yeah, I, that's. I mean, there is no nothing. There's no clear cause for the struggles, but I think when you talk about his velocity being this far down at this stage of spring training, you know, we've talked about Pineda before, and, and neither Al nor I seemed that concerned about it at the time. Uh, but in the case of Jimenez, who obviously is coming off a terrible year, and, and the main reason was his velocity was down. This is a guy who, at his best throws, 98, and is too wild to survive less than 98, I feel like. So I'm pretty scared. I got to be honest with you. I, I think I'm I'm less scared of Chris Carpenter and his bulging neck issue right now than I am of Ubaldo Jimenez. Al? I am too. And, uh, you know, if I had just uh, filed my pitching tears column a couple days later, I wouldn't have had this big glowing write-up on Ubaldo Jimenez. <laughs> I really uh, kind of sold them. But this is very concerning. And I think in addition to the, the lower velocity and last year being a disappointment, there I've just seen one scouting report after another over the last couple of days that have been really pretty pretty brutal. Um, you know, if it's just one scout, maybe I don't give it that much weight. But, I mean, I've seen several different reports. So... Scott, you'd take Carpenter over him? Absolutely. Carpenter may or may not make his opening day start. Al Carpenter or Jimenez? Uh, yeah, I think I would go Carpenter too. Nando? Jimenez. So you seem to like Jimenez more than, than the other two. I just like gambling. I mean, Jimenez has a lot of strikeouts. Carpenter doesn't. You know, I can get my low ERA and whip from middle relievers if I need to pad it towards the middle. Um, it's just one of those things. I'd rather have that chance with strikeouts, and then whatever reason Jimenez stopped throwing 98, he might throw it again. Whereas Carpenter, you just, you know, yeah. you're getting Andy Pettit just a couple tiers higher. <laughs> Jimenez or Jordan Zimmerman? Uh, I like Jordan Zimmerman a lot, actually. I'm going to go with Zimmerman. 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 Jimenez or Irvin Santana? <laughs> that's that's a draw. I don't know, man. Okay. I, I guess if you're gunned to my head, I'll go Jimenez. Okay. I love Santana, so, yeah. Yeah, I like Irvin more than Zimmerman, actually, so. Santana. Santana's going pretty low. Uh, people aren't necessarily buying him. Yeah, no, I think he's been a real value in a lot of the drafts and auctions that I've been in. Real deep guy here. Well, maybe not too, too deep, but Michael Brantley suffered what was hopefully just a minor hamstring injury yesterday. Just want to bring him up. I'm not sure if we have yet. Does he have any mixed league potential? Late, very late round at most. Okay. Keep an eye on Kendry Morales. He could make his Cactus League debut today, Tuesday. And Derek Holland, five-year extension, Al. Hooray. Yep, $28 million, uh, which seems like you know pretty nice little long-term deal I'll take for, for the Rangers. Million, yeah, well, I'm I mean. for Holland too, I guess, but <laughs> see, you know, for for oh, what for he Rangers, gives you, I think yeah. that's a, uh, you know, pretty nice deal for the for the club there, but you know, what it says when well, we we just talked about this right before we uh, went on air here is just it shows that the Rangers do buy into what Holland did last year, probably more than than I do. Um, cuz I think he he got really hot the last couple months of the season and you look at the schedule and it wasn't a real tough schedule of lineups for Holland. But the good news is that he still, again, year after year, will get to face the, well, the Angels have gotten a little better, obviously, yeah, but, you know, the, the Mariners and the A's and soon the, the Astros, right? The Astros will be in that. Yeah, next year, right? Division, so. Um, next year? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Maybe maybe the Rangers were just scared of Holland going off and becoming a weatherman. That, that could be. That could that be. That was a brutal video. 
he does he does oh does he you do didn't the, see that uh, video oh that. it's brutal <laughs> no i'm still stuck on the marlin song from last week that's that, the, yeah. it's uh it's not as bad as that but <laughs> not officially the marlin song we need we should clarify uh let's go to the emails here first one is from scott 12 team five by five with two catchers which montero would you rank higher jesus or miguel uh, I'm gonna go with Jesus. I just li- I like that. I'm not scared by Safeco as much as I think a lot of a lot of other people are. Okay, Al. I am Miguel. Man, and Roto Miguel and head to head, I'd go Jesus because I think he's gonna have more at bats. Okay, we're somewhat split there. Sean in Idaho, high fantasy weirdos. Yeah, no, no, we get a lot of these. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's I thought that was weirdo. the official name of the show. No, it's it could be. Um, I have a trade offer on the board for a keeper league I'm in. We have a 12 team five player keeper. Head-to-head, standard scoring. Um, team is offense-heavy. So here's the trade. He would get Cano and Teixeira and give up Reyes and Adrian Gonzalez. Giving up Reyes and Adrian Gonzalez for Cano and Teixeira. Would you do it, Scott? I, I mean, you're talking about two late-rounders and two two late-first-rounders <laughs> and two middle-second-rounders. So it's it's a really even trade. I would I would take the Cano to Shara side because the riskier of those two being to Shara, I trust him uh, to have a bounce-back season more than I trust the riskier two of the other side, Jose Reyes, to stay healthy over a full season. Uh, I think you agree. Yeah, yeah, I did a little fist bump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's almost an incredibly even trade, but I do I do agree with what Scott was saying. That's you got to tip it that one way. I think the next email, or I don't really know how to pronounce the name because um, it's from the Netherlands. Gerson, uh, keep up the good work. I live in Holland and I listen to you guys every day on my work on my way to work. Fourteen team head to head league, nine by nine uh, points league. I think I have a good offense, but what about my pitching? So he just wants to know what we think of his pitching. Gallardo, Daniel Hudson, Markham, Volquez, Henderson Alvarez, uh, Joe Saunders, Matt Harrison, R.A. Dickey. Gallardo, Hudson, Markham, Volquez, Alvarez, Saunders, Harrison, R.A. Dickey. Jason Mott, Rafael Betancourt, Mike Adams, Sean Marshall, and David Hernandez? Correct. There we go. Um, I'm a little rusty. So those are his relievers. What do you guys think about his pitching? And he gives some waiver wire options. If you like any of those guys better, just uh, give out some advice. All right. Well, I, I think it's a it's a little bit shaky. Um, you know, I like to have a true ace, and I don't see one here. But if you're going to take a gamble on somebody who is a, a low number one, high number two to be an ace, I like Giovanni Gallardo. Is that is that guy? So. Um, but I do worry about Markham in here as uh, who appears to be his third best starter. So I, I, a lot of question marks yeah. there. And then the you know the relievers are solid, if not spectacular. Now he's got guys like Alvarez, Saunders, Harrison, Dickey mm-hmm. on the waiver wire: Vargas, Cologne, Pelfrey, Narvison, Umber, Pavano. You like any of those guys better? I don't. Okay. I mean, and it, that's not to say I'm in love with Joe Saunders because I think. He's probably going to be a guy he cuts at some point in a 14-team league. But to me, it's, you know, Vargas and Saunders are very similar. Cologne. Alex maybe, Cologne. Yeah, right? I mean, I, yeah, I, I could, like Cologne too, well. I could see swapping that out as kind of an upside thing, but Cologne's a 160-inning pitcher. so um, But you know, that's he, the first 160, at least. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Now. Hopefully. Nando, who would you cut on his, uh, of his starters for Cologne, if anyone? I just The closest one I think would be Saunders. Um, but, but I mean, eventually with the idea that you'll pick him up when Cologne gets hurt, 
But for the first couple of months, Cologne, in, especially in Oakland, in that in that ballpark, could be he could be good. I think good is where his ceiling might be, but he could be good. Who wants to read how to say thank you very much in Dutch? Anyone? Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, sure. That sounds good. Mike in Detroit. How would you rank the following outfielders in a standard head-to-head league? Andre Ethier, Nick Markakis, Nick Swisher, Corey Hart, Jason Hayward, Chris Young. Ethier, Markakis, Swisher, Hart, Hayward, Chris Young. Well, I know I've got Ethier number one. Then it gets uh, get, then it gets tougher, but I'm just going to uh, fly with this here. So i got Ethier, then let's go Hart two, Hayward three, Markakis four, Swisher. Uh, yeah, sure, sure, why not? Swisher five, <laughs> Young six. It's really yeah. close. Oh, man. There, I got- um, <laughs> <laughs> Ethier and Markakis and Swisher, you know, and even Hayward stand out as being more valuable in head-to-head than Roto to me. So it's it's a good collection of head-to-head guys. The only guy I really wouldn't want in head-to-head is Chris Young because so much of his value is based in steals, which you don't need in head-to-head, and uh, he strikes out so much. Um, so he would he would be the clear six for me, but I'd go Ethier one, and I could see. Markakis or Hayward or Hart, who I think you actually put out. I, I could see any of them, number two. Okay, Nando. I'm, I'm not sold on Markakis. That's that's the thing. I, I Markakis, I look at him, and I think he's he's like more name and hype. I mean, you know, maybe 16 home well, runs and some steals. Right, right. But the thing is, being a head-to-head league, the walks, the doubles. Even yeah. as a 16-homer guy, he ends up in the top 20, yeah, it that's seems true. like, every year. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah, you're right. Standard H2H. I suppose you have to go for the boring walks and get those points. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I think Brandon in Ontario is making an NCAA tournament reference here. Good morning, Norfolkians. Should I accept this deal? Giving up Adrian Gonzalez, Adam Jones, Wilson Ramos. Adrian Gonzalez, Adam Jones, and Wilson Ramos. Getting Ryan Braun, Jesus Montero, and Mitch Moreland. I wouldn't take the Adrian Gonzalez, Adam Jones... Wilson Ramos side, so he's not that not up. confidently. You would take it, but not confidently. Yeah, I would take it. So, in I guess in the context of this Don't email, I would not give it up. To me, it's about the third player, um, Ramos, being better than Moreland. Yep. But I kind of like the top two and the other side better, Braun and Montero. So, you know, it 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 depends on how valuable Adam Jones is in your specific format, I feel like. How about Owen in Toronto? Long-time podcast listener, first-time emailer, need help with a 16-team Roto Keeper League. We keep six. I'm keeping Hosmer, Jennings, Beltre, and Posey. Please help me keep two more. Ugla, $12. Espinoza, one. Hardy, two. Chris Young, $2. Matt Moore, $10. Mike Miner, $3. So, again, Ugla for 12 Espinosa for 1 Hardy for 2 Chris Young for 2 Matt Moore for 10 Mike Miner for 3 I'm going Matt Moore. That was the first one for me. And then uh, Chris Young narrowly over Dan Ugla. Because um, in Roto, I think Chris Young will exceed his value more than, than Ugla will. Okay, Nando? I, I like Ugla at 12 um, I've been a believe in Ugla for a while, but I, I think... I think I might lean towards Espinosa. For me, it's it's when you throw these guys back, can you get them back at those dollar values? I think you could sneak a two dollar Hardy, and maybe more might go for fourteen and not ten. But uh, ugly at twelve, and then I think Espinosa at one dollar, especially, you're not going to be able to get those back in the draft. Scott, I think I'd go more young, like Al did. 
these players all seem such low value. I wonder if he's not working with a $260 budget. Um, Because Ugla at $12, I'm not sure when he would have gone for so little. 16-team league, that seems like that's, you know, entirely feasible. Yeah. Okay. It it does, I mean, yeah, it's a little low, but. Yeah, I'd I'd go the Young, because I feel like Young will come close to Ugla's power numbers, but also give you the steals. Um, Would you not have kept Posey at six? That's the one that's sticking out to me in his list of keepers. Uh, I, I wouldn't have been a no-brainer for me, but I think it, it's probably one of my top six of the whole group, yeah. Ready for our last one? Yeah. Chris in North Florida wants to know what we think about Jose Altuve. Um, kind of a long, confusing question, so. <laughs> <laughs> now, no, what do you think about Jose Altuve just in general? Um, in general, I mean, he's got a very solid role, and uh, he, he's, I'm expecting a, a nice batting average from him. Um, that's what I, I mean. I'm not going to say, oh, Altuve is going to hit 25 home runs this year. He's a tremendous steal. But towards the end, if you're looking for some middle infield help and you need some batting average uptick, grab. All right, now here we go. Here's the PS from Chris. I'm a little unclear as to who this year's Jed Lowry is. Please clarify. Now, Nando doesn't know what that means. So (laughs) last year, Scott had a huge man crush on Jed Lowry. And, you know, it was, it was pretty solid at the beginning of the year. He was, like, the hottest name in fantasy baseball. So this year we all picked one player who we love. Uh, we did it on Valentine's Day. That's <laughs> oh. <laughs> our February 14th <laughs> podcast. Uh, my guy was Madison Bumgarner. Uh, I'm kind of obsessed with him. I want to draft him. I don't have him on any teams, of course. <laughs> Scott, yours was Lucas Duda. Yes, it was. And Al's was Henderson Alvarez. So From the earlier email. Uh, unfortunately... Uh, Henderson Alvarez has been going, this was a while ago, but we're seeing that people, they listen to Al and they like Henderson Alvarez, but um, back then he seemed like a pretty deep sleeper. Dude, dude has been the same way. I keep losing him in drafts because I think, you know, I got, a, I got a round or two I can wait on him, even though I like him more than players I'm drafting right now. Right. Someone else ends up taking it. <laughs> it's your own it's fault, really man. You're telling people to take <laughs> it. You don't understand the power of Scott. I, I had to read from in the 12th round in our latest head-to-head head to head draft. Yeah. Just because well, I felt that's the only way I could get him. And not to wait until we do the podcast league draft because everybody that's in the league with us knows all of their secrets. <laughs> all of Scott and Al's secrets will know all of yours. So you're going to be very frustrated. There won't be any bad picks in that draft that you can take advantage of, any, any bad drafters. Do you have a, a Jed Lowry? Do you have a player you love? Yeah, I've, I've been obsessing over Eric Bedard this year. Really? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, just, I mean, obviously the health issue is there, but if you look at his numbers and how low his whip was last year before he went to Boston, and he's always good for a lot of strikeouts, and what would uh, uh, Ray Searidge did with the Pirates last year and that pitching staff getting you know, to tinker with Eric Bedard. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've just been getting him, and I've been getting him. I mean, this is obviously a guy we're getting late. It's not like yeah. I'm getting him in the fifth round, but Bedard's been my guy. And the, we might have to come up with new – the three of us, we might have to come up with <laughs> new players we love. I think Irvin yeah. Santana could be on that list because he's fallen. Uh, we'll well, talk, he definitely we'll would be on that. mine. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Um, coming up later this week, tomorrow we're going to talk about position battles, and then either Thursday or Friday we'll go over some prospects, late-round guys that you should keep in mind, deeper leagues, all that good stuff. So, uh, Nando, thanks a lot. Anytime. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Great having you on. That's Nando DeFino, a new senior fantasy writer with Al Melky or Scott White. I'm Adam Azer. Back tomorrow, everybody. See you later.